0: This is the Strategic Hotbox Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some (laughs)
1: Welcome
2: to the Strategic Hotbox. It's your girl, Brandy Stankovic. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. And of course, it's down the path of leadership. I'm sure you're not surprised in that realm. But really, it's down the path of nature versus nurture, education or experience. Hmm. Burnout and avoiding burnout. So it is all about persuasion. As a matter of fact, the title is Power of Persuasion. Let's get started. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Farzee Majidi. Tell us a little bit about your journey in leadership.
1: Well, I uh, never saw myself as a leader when I started out. Hmm. I always, as a second child, and underachieving second, second child to a superstar, firstborn, I just wanted to be in the shadows. And life uh, doesn't sometimes allow you to do that. So I found myself in situations where I had two options, complain or do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then I learned to do something about it. And that's how my journey began.
2: That's amazing. And so you uh, so really your journey and some of that began all the way before you even thought about the term leadership.
1: Before I even knew the, the, the term at all. Yes wow and
2: what gave you that hunger for growth in that way
1: i uh, as a person i studied engineering and i studied systems and and i would see how systems can improve the conditions so everybody could excel Mm -hmm. and i would find myself unhappy with the level of discontent and acrimony in organizations as an engineer Mm -hmm. and my uh, part of the wiring that you talked about in terms of nature for me was to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So I would volunteer, I would step up, I would offer help and offer free time. And people often say yes to when you offer free time. Yeah, right. To get my hands dirty.
2: Get the experience, yeah, smart. Okay. So I want to give you a, a formal introduction. This is Josh Allison. He's the founder and chief ideator of Think Cafe. Nice. Hello, Josh. Hi. Great
3: to, be. Great to be with
2: you. Thank you for having me on the, on the podcast. Is your beard on your resume too?
3: Yes, it is. It's at the very, very
2: top. It's <laughs> just a picture of it. Just if I were to look back into my career and you said train wreck, and I just relate to that, I'm sure people kind of giggled that are listening to us today about the fact that there are things that happen in life that end up making us stronger that, that become, you know, those train wrecks that we look back on. And you wonder if had if, if given the information, would you have taken, you know, a different path? What obstacles did you encountered uh, that others with, with maybe a degree wouldn't have?
3: but some of the obstacles have to do with kind of hiding the fact early on mm-hmm. that i didn't have the education and kind of keeping that in the background so that people would just assume that i do have an education right. but that taught me something and it taught me that it's less valuable than we think and the reason that is is because people just assume you have one mm-hmm. and when people just start start making that assumption it tells you about the value of that of that Or how amazing you are? No, I don't think that's the answer.
2: It it, it definitely speaks to confidence of if you can walk the talk and not even necessarily have had some of the background to be able to just jump in and go.
3: Well, I think that's that's what I found. I found that walking the talk has very little to do with formal education. Mm -hmm. And, And early on, I kind of was I kind of was scratching my head, thinking, what am I missing out on? In that in in that process, the college education that that I can't bring to the workplace. What are they bringing that I can't, and how do I make up for that? Right. And I don't know what I don't know because I went to college. Really, I never really experienced it. So what I started to do, I just started to look at the people around me that were the most successful in my life, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to just emulate their behavior. And when I started emulating behavior, I, what I noticed was the people, regardless of who I'm interacting with. The people who are most successful i engage they do two or three or four or five things consistently and we've got
2: a very special guest named michael veltri that'll be joining us here in just a second burnout tends to happen with those that are the highest performers does it not yeah
4: yeah so one thing i can offer right is um most of the high performers myself included and probably yourself right uh, weren't good at delegating And I know as when I, my time in corporate America, what got me to a certain level, what got me here won't get me there. Mm -hmm. And in other words, I think for high potentials, successful people, learning to delegate and let go instead of having one Michael Veltri, one burned out Michael Veltri, how can I be a leader and train, grow, and develop a team of 10, 20? 200, 3000 empowered Michael Veltries that can do just as a phenomenal job. And I think that's what ultimately leads to the burnout is we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything at work, at home in our community that you you finally reach that breaking point because you don't know how to delegate because you've been really good because we know they that person's not going to do it as good as we can and Mm -hmm. we don't want it we don't want to let go and have them screw it up
2: he is he is the guy mr persuasion is with us here today hello jeff how are you
0: hey Dr. randy i'm fantastic when i look at persuasion And really like drill down and we can talk a little bit about how it's similar to manipulation how it's different but when i drill down to what persuasion really is at its essence i think it's leadership i think it's seeing a better future a different outcome a better outcome and then being able to bring people along in the journey
2: yes and so when you so really Persuasion and using persuasive communication is part of leader. It's ingrained in leadership.
0: I totally believe it is. And especially as we look at exactly what persuasion means and what manipulation means, I do think it's leadership. And I think, especially as people maybe are in sales or they're having to develop revenue, when you make a mindset shift to understand what persuasion really is, at least from my perspective, it sets us free to go out there and to make things happen.
2: Yeah, it really does. And so you started uh, dabbling in it. Um, is there a difference between persuasion and manipulation?
0: Absolutely. And for me, I learned the the difference when I was adopting a baby from the country of Haiti. And I was in a mode where I was always able to make things happen. And through some different things that happened, I just fell flat on my face. And I began to understand at that point exactly what manipulation is and persuasion is, and they're both about moving people or Mm -hmm. affecting situations, but manipulation means this. It means to control or Mm -hmm. to influence a person or situation, but to do it cleverly, to do it unfairly. And what happens in manipulation, kind of like the example you just gave, in manipulation, we are seeking change, we're looking for a different behavior, but we're looking at it for our own Mm self-interest. That's the big difference. Persuasion, contrast, is the same thing as to call someone to do something, but it's to do it through reasoning or argument. Now, when I use the word argument here, let me be very careful, because sometimes people think that's what we do at our tables at Thanksgiving and Christmas as we talk about politics and religion. (laughs) I'm not talking about that whatsoever. I'm talking about listening to the other person's perspective what's important to them, where the gaps are, what that person's need is. And then over time, especially through sustained effort and having provided sound reasoning, what happens at that point then is we have persuaded them because they see it for themselves, just as much as we see it.
2: Leadership in general is uh, something that impacts every single person, I believe, in any capacity. So even if you don't have a traditional leadership role, maybe there isn't leadership in your title, there isn't a vice president or a president or a director or some sort of fanciness in in the title that you, in your organization, that doesn't matter. If you're a person that influences others uh, at home, if you're the person that influences others in at work or at school or just in your in your home in your community in the things that you do in your extracurricular then you're a leader you might have some of these skills and some of them might be innate some you might have built up through time and so where did that all come from and I love to dig into this topic and maybe it's late night over way too many shots of Jägermeister or maybe it's you know when I figure something out and think wow how does that person have that particular skill or I see some leadership in action or maybe it's just uh, being driven drawn to a particular leader or being drawn to somebody's dance moves out, you know, on the dance floor, whatever it is, I'm, I'm drawn to people's leadership skills in so many different capacities that I often find myself thinking through this topic. And what do you think? Is it is a person born with or is, is leadership learned?
1: As you know, I also teach a little bit of economics and in economics, every time I'm asked the question, the standard answer is, well, it depends on the on one hand, yes, on the, on the other hand, no. In leadership, the answer is very different. The answer is always yes. Are people, are leaders born or trained? Yes. Yes, okay, yes,
2: okay, yes. yes. And as a leader, we have to We have, to have continual education, we have to have continual learning, and actually drive forward in wanting that learning. More than just kind of providing knowledge or being a lecturer of your staff, it's really about creating growth and evolving and raising your own potential and bar throughout your life. Because so often when we're young, we focus on learning and education, and as we progress as adults, we do it because we have to. Yeah because there's that new regulatory update, or here comes HR again with those courses we have to take, or anything like that. And rarely do we go out and really actively seek ways that we can get better, or things that we want to dive into. It's a lot harder to learn as an adult than it was as as a young person or as a kid. But that doesn't mean it's not as important or even more important today, especially as we're leading big organizations. Because you're right, it doesn't matter what kind of leader you are, educated or not, that there are going to be things that are similar a bunch of people that are hungry and hungry for growth so what motivational pieces or what are the best way that those that may don't may not have a formal education do to kick ass
3: thank you for asking first off say thank you uh, i think i think thank you gratitude expressing appreciation goes a really long way and when when we get people in our lives who, who will invest in your life and you can express gratitude back to them, that is a crazy return on investment. And so a couple of things that I su- have done and I suggest other professionals and especially young professionals do is number one, get mentors. Find a mentor that can help you along your path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes all the time. But one of the things I did right was I found people who were willing to be honest with me and say, hey, Josh, here's what I'm seeing from my perspective on how you're, how you're doing In the workplace here's here's how you're doing personally as well right so get mentors right and get mentors that are willing to speak into your life it's what's amazing about mentorship and i've and i found this um over the last 12 14 years is people who are passionate about what they're doing who are successful if you reach out to those people most often they'll share their success strategies with you Mm -hmm. why because they're passionate about it, yeah, they're no excited doubt. about the work they've done, and so one of the things I did is I started looking at people who I wanted to be like. I'm like, okay, well, oh, I don't got the, the, the degree, but maybe I'll go reach out to these people—speakers, consultants, and 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 uh, credit union executives—that I want to and, and pursue. And I'll just ask them how they did it.
2: Mm-hmm. And what I
3: found was no one ever said no. I just would reach out and I would say, hey. I respect and admire X, Y, and Z. How'd you do that? May may I have a few minutes of your time to learn about that? In in 14 or 15 years of actively seeking out mentors, actively, I've had one person who blew me off. Every other person has willing to take the time. Every every other person. And so that's powerful. It is powerful. Think about the fact and and I've spoken with dozens of people who are busy some are best-selling authors i mean mm-hmm. they're the most incredible people and i said hey i respect what you're doing i, I want to learn a little bit about it and so you'd to be, be surprised how many people will, will let you uh, will, we'll- will let you into the world.
2: and i don't know about you but there's definitely been moments in my life where i have felt that ugh, like after a long week or after a really hard day or one of those meetings, whether it's performance related or working with a particular client or anything like that. And as leaders, we often can feel that way, can feel overwhelmed and I mean, Honestly, that's where that that cliche TGIF came from, right? I mean, why else would you would you be happy that it's Friday if you weren't, you know, kind of over your work week? And I think that what we have to do as leaders is be able to move past that. So you might feel a little overwhelmed by a day or or just done with a day, but but not making it have an, an impact or a long term effect. An estimated one hundred and twenty five to one hundred ninety billion dollars in healthcare are spent each year due to occupational burnout. Can you believe that? Those are a lot of dollars that are spent on burnout and the most at-risk kind of demographic at- for burnout in the employee segment are your high-performing, are your highly engaged leaders. And it's just their their level of dedication, their, their push for success and meeting goals really can come to taking things a little too far. And in this world of never really having an off moment, we sometimes can be a little too engaged there. And being in leadership in the Marines and being in leadership in corporate America and even in your home or family or personal, those are all you're dealing with all sorts of different types of leaders. Are you not?
4: Absolutely. And you know, what I learned the hard way, right? If, uh, I'm, I'm able to talk about this because uh, from all the mistakes I made. So in the military, it was that top-down leadership: do what I say. And um, even though I was working for some amazing leaders, if I was ordered to do something, it doesn't mean I had to do it very well. As long but as I got did. it, got right. it taken care of. And uh, you know, in corporate America, that doesn't really work that well. You know, you ha- you have to really. I had to really learn how to grow uh, as a leader, so people are doing things that you ask them to do because they want to, not mm. because you tell them to do, uh, tell them to do that. And it was a big transition, of course. Um, and along the way, right, I, uh, I had burned out because I was putting the most pressure on myself. And I looked at, you know, why am I burning out? You know, what's going on here? It's something I love to do, whether that was my starting my own businesses or my time in corporate America. And, and what can I do to, uh, to avoid that?
2: Yeah. but when I was thinking about persuasion and thinking about preparing for this episode and preparing to talk to Jeff, I was thinking about per- persuasion and influence in my life and thinking about back in the T-Shots days. And for those friends that are listening and have a, a relationship with T-Shots as well, then you remember these days with the jukebox. For anybody that, that doesn't know about T-Shots, it is a small dive bar that I don't believe is, is, is in existence any longer. Um, but it was a dive bar that I spent much of my life, <laughs> much of my life. We don't have to go into details about how, how much time, but a good portion of my 20s was spent uh, at T-Shots right up the street from, from my house at the time. And uh, I made a lot of persuasive uh, moments and, and, and speeches there to friends um, to, to make some, some poor life choices of their own there with me. <laughs> um, but the, the persuasive Techniques and communication that I use there certainly set me on this path of of inspiring others to, to do things And I think about how persuasive I was in that moment of my life So in all seriousness how how good I was at, at inspiring people to do things back then and then how bad I am at inspiring my children in persuading them to do things in my Hashtag mom life now and you know in the 10 years that have gone by 15 years that have gone by and getting them to do The, the simplest things like put their shoes on on so we can get out the door on time. And that's me slamming my fist <laughs> on the table here. But it's so difficult and why I'm unable to do it in those moments. And then thinking about how and career progression and how I'm able in work from time to time motivate people to be the best that they can be and what techniques are used in that different uh, you know avenue. And just thinking about how persuasive communication applies across the board in so many different places. And I talk to when I work with executive CEOs videos about just managing their boards or their their bosses and managing the relationships they have with the people above them to work with their own communication styles to make it their boss's idea. So if they have a vision, if they have an idea of the end result, the outcomes that they want to work and to listen and to frame conversations. So it ends up feeling like not only are you getting buy-in, but it feels like the person's idea that you're talking to. And that really is persuasion in, in kind of the sense that you were sharing.
0: Absolutely. So, so Two points on that, Dr. Brandy. First of all, when I'm negotiating a contract with a potential client or if I am working with a speaker's bureau or if I'm working with a meeting planner, I look for two magical words when I wrap up to know if I have manipulated or if I have persuaded. And those two words are, that's right. So when the client looks at me and says some form of this and says, hey, Jeff, that's right. Your company can fix this problem we have. Your company can provide a solution. Or, hey, Jeff, you're right. That's right. You're the right person to be on stage for us. You can fix the problems that our association has. You can bring solutions to the table. At that point, they want it just as much as I want it just like the illustration you just gave in working like with boards and so forth mm-hmm. when when they accept it for themselves and they see the value for themselves then they're there and they're just as excited as as we are
2: so let me break it down into born with it and learned over time so in the born with it aspect let's take an example of Michael Phelps most people listening will know or watching will know Michael Phelps it, he obviously is a massively successful successful olympian won 28 medals and he has been just forging the way in what he does in swimming and would he be amazing so amazing at swimming if he wasn't the beast of a man that he is right he's six foot four but he also has a wingspan as many of you know of seven feet right so his arms extend a tremendous amount and his inseam is only 32 inches Right. So think about that. So I don't know exactly how that uh, translates into, into meters and things, but, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting some notes from the people in the production studio of where I was going with that, those dirty minds. But no, the inseam a 32 inches, I have a 32 inch inseam and I'm only five, nine and he's six foot four and has a 32 inch seam. So his, uh, his, his, the body is shaped in the fact that he's got a very long torso. So he's a very large man, very long arms, and, and he can swim in that way. So now, mind you, has his born with it, his genetics impacted his ability to be that level of Olympian? I venture to guess yes. So does our genetics impact our abilities? Sure it does, right? Sure it does. On the flip side, let's take the learned over time component of that. Now, my husband is 6'6 and also has a 32-inch inseam, and I tell him, I'm like, you know, you missed your calling in, in swimming, right? And he just didn't go down a swimming path and didn't obviously have the same path that Michael Phelps did, and yet... You know, has a similar genetics as far as body type, right? So here's maybe similar genetics, but different experiences or environment and completely different stories and paths in regards to the outcome. And so obviously Michael Phelps's environment or path impacted his success and, and hunger and, and his drive and everything that went into his coaching, his everything. So uh, in that aspect, almost like his learned over time or his environment or his, his nurture impacted him greater than his genetics, although it's impossible to say that he couldn't have done it without. I, I
1: have no claim to, to any achievement in the field, but I studied martial arts all my life. I can proudly say with all honesty and all modesty that I was the single worst student in every class that I ever attended. <laughs> I just was not meant to do the splits or even come remotely close to it. Right. Um, But I was able to learn enough to be successful at it. I I hold a brown belt and if I hadn't crushed my elbow in an accident on a mat, I would have probably been able to achieve a black belt. Mm -hmm. Would I have ever achieved being Bruce Lee? Probably not. Mm -hmm. That's a rare combination. Sure. But would I be able to achieve some level of mastery that's consistent with the full abilities that I could put out with how I was put together? I think so, mm-hmm. and and I think that as a goal in leadership, in life, in everything else, is something you can have some talent for, mm-hmm. and also through training achieve fully. Right. Can you share a funny
2: story of 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 your challenges or something that's happened along the way?
1: When <laughs> I got one more, this is kind okay. of outrageous,
3: but so I was on the road traveling a lot. And my wife thought, okay, well, my husband send him some sexy pics, right? So my wife me, sent me some really uh, sexy pics, and I had them on my phone. Again, come on, guys, listen to this advice. Don't do what I'm doing. So I had them on my phone, traveling, beautiful wife. Yeah, my wife's hot. So I go for my wife's birthday. I go to Walmart to get some family pic portraits made, at the, like the print, printable kiosks. And I plug my phone in to the kiosk, right? And it starts <laughs> uploading all of my pictures to the kiosk. Oh no. And the guy is helping me. And literally, like, a just a roll of all of my wife's pictures pop up on the screen. Meanwhile, I have my seven-year-old son with me. Oh, That's cool. no. I look to my left at the guy, the, the Walmart employee. He looks at me like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> I grabbed I grab my the like the USB port like out of the uh, the the kiosk, and I just grab my son and I just walk out the door. I'm pretty sure the pictures were still in there. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say where they left on the kiosk. The guys like print, print, print. <laughs> <laughs> I, so then.
3: I'm still trying to get like the family portraits made. So I can't go back to that Walmart. So I drove across town and got them done with the other one.
2: Oh my gosh. And now I uh, hope your wife's cheeks may be pink over this, but I'm sure she's uh, she remembers yeah, the moment. Oh man, I can't imagine I like,
3: that. I was like, hey honey, guess what happened today? Oh, I'd so like, kill you if that was it's another was day meant. at the Allison. It's
2: like, <laughs> Let's Whoa. head out to our shout out.
4: I'm Simon, I'm studying management in Mexico City, and you're listening to Brandy's Strategic Hotbox. Hi, I'm Kelly Haggader.
3: My little peanut and I like to listen to Brandy on the Strategic Hotbox. Hi, I'm Tara from Tempe, Arizona, and I no longer have a poor,
2: long commute to work because of the Strategic Hotbox. I have a kick-ass commute to work. So let's move into, it's my favorite time, it's time to kick some ass. Number one is to develop a learning vision. Where do you want to be? What do you want to learn? How? What good level do you want to be at? Good level. Yeah, that's a super sophisticated term. That's what all that education did for me. Uh, what good level do you want to, to be at? What, what level do you want to progress to? How do you want to, to, where do you see yourself in the future? And what does that vision look like? Tony Robbins speaks to a lot of the things that Josh said today, as far as he found people that were is successful and he was emulating that success. And that was definitely one of the takeaways from Josh. And having that vision of where you wanna be can help drive what that learning might look like. Number two, drive that hunger. Just in the story that I was sharing with you about Africa and my kids and and is experience need to be organic or can it be intentional? Whatever you can do to, to create urgency in your hunger and your leadership and not let other people blow out the flame of your success, Get out there and push and keep pushing every single day. Number three is to obliterate the results, just like the Harvard Business Review uh, study, just like the things that, that Josh was sharing with us about humble grit. You've gotta be able to just get in there and make it happen and Drive for success. Don't drive for average. Don't drive for mediocre. Don't wake up in the morning and think, hmm, I'm just going to live a mediocre day today and just go to work and just meh. You No, know, we want to be able to, to go after things and obliterate results. Two is to know your shit. You yeah. got to know your shit. And I think that Jeff talked about it in the frame of your onlyness. He talked about knowing your skills, being that subject matter expert. I love that. You have to know your shit. If you want people to understand and be persuaded to, whether it's to buy your product, to 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 buy you as your brand to be influenced by the things that you're doing then be and 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 be a part of knowing what it is that you're that you're doing so being passionate about it as well as being an expert in whatever that field is and number five burn bright don't burn out you don't have to burn out that isn't something that that everybody has to feel if you want to be there remember the why remember your purpose remember why you began doing what you're doing to begin with refresh in that and give yourself a chance to relax and that will include limiting all of the other distractions and things that are pulling you away there's your top five. Kick out. And I love digging into topics like that. To, so thank you to all of you that have uh, submitted to us topics that you'd like to hear from us and tackle on the hot box. And if you do have something top of mind that you want to send our way, you can email us podcast at strategichotbox.com or head out to the website, strategichotbox.com and submit something there. And of course, we're on social media. I'd love to see you on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Brandy Love, that's B-R-A-N-D-I-L-U-V, or... Or at strategic hotbox and so until I see you again you better get out there and kick some ass or I'm gonna come find ya see you soon